Are you tired, mama? Tired of feeling like you have to resign yourself to either being a hot mess mom who's drowning in the chaos of motherhood or a Pinterest perfect mom who looks like she has it all together, but on the inside, she's really miserable. The world keeps telling us that these are the only options, but that is such a lie. You can get out of victim mode and you can make changes to bring more joy to your life. And at the same time, you can find freedom in remembering that you can't control everything and you can stop striving for perfection. I'm Mackenzie Tricola, and I'd love for you to join me every week here on the Practically Joyful Mom podcast to talk about realistic ways to bring more joy to your mom life and how to choose to be joyful even when it feels like the chaos is winning. We'll talk about intentional parenting, simplicity, faith in following Jesus, connecting with your kids, taking care of yourself, and so much more. Are you ready to leave hot mess mom and Pinterest perfect mom in the dust? Are you ready to choose to be a practically joyful mom? Then welcome in, friend. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, friends. Welcome to Practically Joyful Mom. I'm Mackenzie, and I'm really glad you're here today. I'm happy that you're joining me. I'm just looking forward to our time together a lot today because what we're talking about is a really exciting topic for me. It's something that has been really transformational for my family, and I'm just excited to share it with you. If you're new here and you haven't listened to some of the earlier episodes, you should definitely check out episodes one and two, where I talk a lot about why I started this podcast, kind of the purpose behind it, and what I'm doing in each of the episodes. But in a nutshell, for those of you who haven't really listened before, I am passionate about helping moms break out of this lie that we're either a disaster or we're quote-unquote perfect. We look perfect from the outside. Either you have it all together or you're a hot mess. I really believe there's this third alternative where we choose not to stay stuck in victim mode and feel like mom life is completely joyless. I'm here to empower moms to know that we can make changes to bring more joy to our lives and not just resign ourselves to a couple of decades of misery while we're raising these little people. And at the same time, I want to remind all of us, myself especially, that there's no strategy or system or method that will just fix our lives. Mom life is messy and challenging and it's supposed to be that way to some degree. Not that your house always has to be a disaster, That's not the kind of mess I'm talking about, but the mess where things don't always go according to your plan, where there's unexpected challenges and unexpected hurdles, and those things help us grow, and they remind us that we're only human, that we can't save ourselves, we can't always make everything right, only Jesus can save us, only Jesus can make it all right, only Jesus can give us what we really need. We can't just make it work all on our own. And we end up being miserable when we try to put ourselves in God's place and we try to control everything in our lives. So in short, I'm here to help us change our thoughts and our actions and move away from feeling like there's either disaster mom or perfect mom mode. Because both of these places rob us of so much of the joy to be found in motherhood. So that's what this whole podcast is about. Practically joyful. It's not perfect joy. It's not everything is always nice and neat and perfect. But it's also life isn't just always miserable. We can find joy in practical ways. 
one huge area that I feel like we often rob ourselves of joy is in this way that we can end up feeling so disconnected from our kids. And this happens to me, I think it happens to all of us, and that's what I want to talk about today is how we can do some simple things to kind of move out of that space and move into being more connected with our kids. Because being someone's mom means a whole lot of time spent on preparing meals that they might not even eat and changing diapers and cleaning up messes and buying new pants again because they outgrew them or they put holes in the knee of another pair of pants. It means lots of time spent doing the necessary tasks to keep the small people in our homes fed, reasonably clean, clothed, somewhat happy some of the time. Lots of things that just feel like work. And when we're solely focused on the work aspect of motherhood, having kids really does feel like it steals our joy because it's a lot of repetitive, mundane work. And I think the disaster mom culture or hot mess mom culture tells us like, yep, that's just mom life. It just stinks. Like you just have to get through it, push through it, wait till they're older. And I just want to say no to that. It's not true. We can find so much joy in the simple everyday stuff when we feel connected to our kids. When we are finding these moments where we're connected to them, then it doesn't feel like such drudgery to cook for them, to help them with things because we remember, oh yeah, I love these people and they're important to me when we have that attachment and that connection. And sometimes we just don't see the joy of having these little people in our lives because we're not looking for it. Um, if you listen to episode three, you might remember I talked about you find what you're looking for and what you focus on grows. So if you're looking to be miserable, you're going to be miserable. If you're looking for moments of joy and connection with your kids, you'll find them and then you'll find more of them and then more of them. When I write down my happiest moments at the end of the day, they usually include moments where I felt especially connected with my kids or my husband, maybe your friends or God. Connection is really important for all of us, for all of our relationships. So I say no to that hot mess disaster mom idea that says we just have to resign ourselves to we just work for our kids all the time and that's all we do and that's it it's just joyless but the perfect mom side of things would try to tell us we can just control our kids we can make them listen we can make them always clean up perfectly make them never feel sad or angry or upset or worried but that's not true either our kids are not meant to be controlled by us Yes, they need training to learn how to clean up after themselves, learn how to apologize, learn how to treat people, learn how to read, learn math, learn so many things. Yes, they need training, but we can't control them. They're not robots, they're people. And when we try to control them, we just set ourselves up for some extreme frustrations. And speaking from experience, um, like I've heard myself say, why can't I make you do blank? And when I say it, I realize, oh, because I'm not supposed to make you do things. You are a human with your own choices. 
you make your choices. I can help you grow, I can help you learn, but I don't control you. So if we're not meant to control our kids, then we're meant to connect with them and we're meant to love them. Because when we spend time connecting with our children and developing these deep relationships, then things do change. When our kids feel connected to us, they feel safe and secure and loved. They will absolutely 100% still act in ways that frustrate us, that drive us crazy, that are just flat out wrong. You know, they'll still sin. They'll still do wrong things. But they're much more likely to respond to us in positive ways when we've taken the time to cultivate a strong connection. And in terms of how we feel about the work of parenting, when we feel connected to our kids, we're going to find more joy in serving them through sacrifice, through work, because we remember who it's for. We remember why we're wiping poop off a butt. (laughs) It's not just a generic butt, it's your baby. When you feel connected to your child, a lot of those things that are just part of the work of being a parent, not just moms, I'm talking to moms here, but dads too, Uh, when we remember how we are connected to these people, how much we love them. It doesn't feel like such joyless work. We are more willing and more happy and more joyful to do these things because we're doing it to serve people that we love and feel connected to. So in today's episode, episode, I just want to invite all of us to this perspective shift of valuing quality focused time with our kids as a way to connect more deeply with them and remembering why it matters of helping us find more joy helping them find more joy and just building a strong relationship together in our ultra busy modern world i have heard people say that time is our greatest commodity and i can definitely see that we're always busy always busy we don't want to give anyone our time i've also heard people say that it's not time it's attention And I think they go really hand in hand when we're talking about giving our kids some time of focused attention. It's probably not going to be undivided attention because there's usually something else going on, but as, as little divided of attention as we can. And we can't do this all the time. So in a minute, I'm going to talk about practically how this can look. Uh, But just right now talking about the perspective of why it matters to spend some focused time and attention with our kids if we are so busy giving our time and our attention to other people to other things but not giving it to our children then how can we be investing in relationship with them if time and attention are our greatest commodities the best things we have to offer and we don't give those to our children we're not going to build strong relationships with them I feel like I've heard this analogy a bunch of different places, but the idea that great relationships, strong relationships are like buildings, like a, an old cathedral. Like um, I used to teach French and Spanish, so I had traveled to France and to Spain and thinking about some of the old cathedrals and beautiful old buildings there, they aren't built in one day. Or, you know, there's the expression that Rome wasn't built in a day. It takes thousands of small interactions that add up to build a strong relationship. Like if you think about 
close friends that you have. You weren't just probably instantly close friends. It took time and it took attention with this person. It took one positive interaction after another, after another, after another, that slowly build up the walls of your relationship, this beautiful cathedral or whatever kind of building you want to imagine. So it's not necessarily about some grand gesture, some one-time big huge thing you do with your kids, not that those are bad, but I think the way we really build a strong relationship is by little tiny investments a little bit here a little bit there a little bit there one more brick slap on some mortar another few bricks it's little by little slow over time so kind of moving into how we can practically apply this one thing that I started doing with my kids a while ago a few years ago and you know it's been off and on it's looked different ways at different times we call it special time what my son wanted to call it my oldest at the time well my oldest he's still my oldest my oldest son wanted to call it special time and basically it's pretty simple I usually set a timer like 10 minutes 15 minutes whatever time works for your family we set a timer for some amount of time and I just spend time with that one kid one-on-one as much as we can and just spend time with them doing something they want to do. When I asked my oldest what things he thought I should tell the moms on the podcast about special time, he said, tell them it's just a time when you're just completely focused on your kid. So obviously completely focused is sometimes hard in real life. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. But that's the idea is having a certain amount of time, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, maybe it's just five, whatever you works for your family, where you're just sitting down and focusing on that kid one-on-one time doing something they want to do, not something that like you're making them do, but something that they just want to do. And, you know, obviously use your own judgment on this of what you're comfortable with. But when my oldest was young he had just learned we had read a book about the digestive system and so for special time one day he wanted to play digestive system so we took off couch cushions and blankets and we were like slithering worming our way through these blankets and he was telling me okay now we're in the stomach now we're in the large intestine and I should have seen where this was going but I did not we got to like the edge of our little blanket fort and he said okay mommy do you want to come out as pee or do you want to come out as poop And part of me was like, oh, we are not playing this game anymore. But the innocent, earnest expression on his face, this wasn't like him doing potty talk. It was just he had learned about the digestive system and he wanted to act it out. So I tell that story because it's funny. Obviously, if your kid's trying to throw some potty talk into special time, feel free to shut that down. But this time I played along. He just wanted to act out what he had learned about body systems. So that's just one example of something we did. A lot of times it looks like digging in the sand. My youngest son is just super into digging and he wants to spend our whole special time just digging with his trucks in the sandbox. So that's what we do. And at the end of this time, they both feel I mean, you know, one at a time, but they both feel loved, appreciated, valued. Uh, Another thing that we have done to kind of make special time special is we have a song for our special time. So we 
usually try to start special time with like a big hug and then we sing a little song and they kind of helped me make up their own songs I'm not even gonna sing them because they're super random you know just I don't know I love this kid and this kid loves me and we love to dig in the sand and um you can make them super silly, especially if your kids are helping you make them, then they'll really love that song. And our songs have changed over time. The kids get sick of one song and want a new one. Our current songs have some like variety in it. So like, I love you, you love me, and we love to do this and this and this. And we say different things every time. I think they really like that unexpected, like, what are we going to say this time that we like to do? Obviously, you don't have to make a song that's just of one way that we have done this to make it a little more fun. So we aim to do this every day for me to have special time with each kid every day. It doesn't happen every day. It's in theory, you know, a goal would be that we do it most days. And just because you're setting a timer doesn't mean you can't spend longer with each kid. And, and I don't mean this to sound like this is the only time I spend with my children all day. We spend a lot of time together but it's not necessarily one-on-one and it's not necessarily just focused on what they want to do. So that's kind of the point of this time, the special time that we call it, where you just have some time where you're focused on spending time with that one kid doing something they love, the song makes it fun, a big hug, whatever rituals you want to include that you think would be valuable and that would make it more fun for your kids. The fact that I'm setting everything aside when we do this special time to focus on my child sends this really critical message to them that I value them because like we talked about time and attention if those are our most valuable resources then when we give up our time and our attention for this child they really feel loved they really feel valued we don't want our kids to think they're the center of the world of course you need to have them spend time helping around the house, showing love to others, all of those sorts of things. But it's also important for them to have this time where they feel valued, appreciated, loved. They feel like they're a priority to us because when they feel that way, they're so much more likely to act in loving ways to other people and to cooperate and to help us out when we ask for help because it's someone who they feel deeply connected to asking them for help. Obviously, this sort of sitting down and spending focus time on your kids one-on-one with no distractions isn't how it always plays out in real life. There's going to be challenges and distractions and things like that. So I want to talk for just a minute about some ideas for how I handle like some of the interruptions or challenges. <laughs> One of the biggest things for me is a wandering mind. It's really hard for me to sit down and dig in the sand for 10 or 15 minutes and not be mentally running through my to-do list, not be thinking about, oh yeah, I've got to text this person and call about this bill and unload the dishwasher and all these things. I want to be giving my kid my attention, not just sitting there. I want to be focused on them, talking with them. So sometimes when I find my mind wandering, I'll just say to my son, I'm glad I get to have this special time with you. And the dishes and the laundry and whatever else are calling my name. But you know what I am telling them? Sorry, you're going to have to wait. 
I'll get to you later and you're important you need to get done but right now my boy is my priority and right now I'm spending time with him and when I say something like that I can just like see this genuine smile bloom on his face where he he knows the laundry is important he knows the dishes are important he knows work is important so if spending a few minutes focused on him is more important than those things it just makes him feel so treasured and so valued so that's one thing i do when i feel my mind wandering is i say it out loud and i tell myself and tell him i'm choosing to spend this time with you even though there are other things that i need to do that keep trying to get into my mind and i've got to do them they're important but first this time with you another big reality check on this whole special time thing is siblings if you have more than one kid it's hard to get one-on-one focused time with anyone so there's gonna probably be interruptions from siblings unless you know one kid's sleeping and you can have special time with the other during that time sometimes that sort of thing works but a lot of times siblings are around and they're gonna kind of interrupt so one thing i always try to do is remind the interrupting sibling that they're going to get their special time too, or they just had their special time. Sometimes I try to set them up with like a special activity that they don't get to do super often. And another thing that I can, that you could do if you have more than two kids, um, sometimes I have bonus kids with me from nannying, babysitting. So if I have extra kids more than just my two, when I'm having special time with one kid, I've noticed that the other kids will tend to say, oh, let's have special time with each other while I'm having special time with, you know, kid A, kids B and C are having their special time together. And I think that's such a fun bonding time for them, such a really sweet thing that they're choosing to spend quality time together in that way. Sometimes during special time, there are just going to be interruptions you can't put off. Like you're playing trains with your toddler and the baby has a poop blowout. Like Sometimes there's just interruptions and you just deal with it the best you can. It doesn't mean you have to abandon ship. Some days you're going to have to say like, well, let's pause the timer and we'll come back and finish special time later. I've also done special time where the kid I'm doing special time with just wants me to listen to them tell a story. So I'm listening to them tell a story while nursing the baby and flipping pages on a board book for another kid to keep them occupied doesn't have to look perfect it doesn't have to always look like you're not doing anything else but it's about trying to focus your attention on that one kid to make them feel really special um sometimes i just don't feel like it i don't want to listen for 15 minutes about something that i'm not really interested in some game they're playing or something like that so your heart's not always going to want to not always going to want to do this there was a day where my son really wanted me to play this game that I just didn't want to for our special time and I had to just have this moment with myself to remind myself that the main purpose of this was not just for me but to show him love I can't choose my feelings but I can choose my actions this bible verse popped into my head while I was having this mental conversation with myself that's first john 4 19 that says we love because he first loved us we know how to love people because god loves us 
and has shown us that love. He taught us how to love people. So my son will know how to love because I first love him. If I choose to put aside what I want to do for 10-15 minutes and show him love, even though I do not want to play that game, he learns how to love. And when we feel deeply loved like that, then it's, it's easier to show others love, right? So that's one thing I try to remind myself when I just don't feel like sitting down on the floor to play trains for 10 minutes, to remind myself, this is a choice. I can't choose my feelings. I can choose my actions. I can choose to show love in this way. It's a few minutes. I can do my best to stay focused and show love because it's for them. This is how they learn to love. Another thing, kind of circling back to the wandering mind, if I'm having a hard time staying focused on my attention on my time with this kid, I'll try to just tune into my senses, like sight, touch, taste, smell, well, maybe not taste, taste my children, but the other senses that are applicable. Like I'll try to notice the sound of their high-pitched little toddler voice or the delight in their tone of voice when they're telling me about trucks and excavators and digging and dumping or maybe it's feeling the soft baby hair on your face while you hold them in your lap to read books or maybe the smell of their hair or their skin unless your kid really needs bath and maybe don't (laughs) smell them that won't help you feel connected it will help you remember that you need to give them all a bath um, or just you look and notice how small their hands are, their fingers are, their feet are. Take in the magical sight of their smile. When I can use my senses to really stay present and sink into the moment with one of my kids, I feel more connected with them. I get more out of the special time. And then when I'm doing the constant work of motherhood, it doesn't feel as draining and stressing because I remember that I'm doing those things for these people that I care so much about and I'm so connected with. So I just want to encourage all of us that if we're too busy to spend like a few minutes focused with our kids, then we're probably too busy. And again, it doesn't have to be every single day. There are days where time gets away from me and I don't do it. There are days where It just doesn't happen, but when we can spend this time with our kids, there really are a lot of benefits and a lot of rewards. And this cross-country running coach in high school, and he used to always say, it's always easier not to, but the rewards come from doing. It is so much easier not to sit down and dig in the sandbox for 10 minutes when there's so many things on my to-do list. But the reward of that deep connection with my children is so worth the time that I invest in it. Um, Our children also feel so much love when we do this because they don't always see the meals we cook and the sacrifices we make to buy them a winter coat or shoes. They don't always recognize that those are ways we're showing them love, but they do see the 10 minutes, the 15 minutes that we sit down to play princess or legos or pokemon they see that as love they receive that as love in my conversation with my oldest son when i was asking him what should i tell the other moms about special time and i asked him how do you feel when we do special time and he just got this smile on his face his most genuine 
uncontainable smile and he just told me I feel loved and so I kind of just want to leave us with that this is a way where we can feel more connected and show love to our children that's going to benefit us and bring us more joy and bring them more joy while we're building this strong connection this strong relationship together thanks for joining me today for spending time here for being together I hope that you are feeling inspired and equipped to start some sort of a special times practice at your house, whatever it looks like for you, where you can spend time intentionally connecting with your kids on a regular basis. If you'd like to connect more um, with me, not your kids, sorry, if you'd like to connect more, you can follow me on Instagram at practicallyjoyfulmom, or you can send me an email at practicallyjoyfulmom at gmail.com, and I would just like to ask you that if you enjoyed today's episode, if you just pause real quick after this, leave a quick rating and review, it should only take a couple minutes, and just share this podcast with a friend, let them know so that more moms are able to find this message, and I also just want to say thanks to all of you, thanks for being here, and thanks for choosing joy with me.